Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable with Demetria L. Lucas. I have been home for all the four days. Today is the first time I left the house. We'll get to that in a second. This is the important part. Before I tape every episode, I do a sound check. I was doing the sound check. I can hear my Maryland accent again. Four days. I've reverted that quickly without going anywhere or doing anything. It's too damn cold. To leave the house, and mind you, I haven't experienced weather less than 65 degrees in, I don't know, three years. I had to go downstairs and dig around to find my coat. All my worldly possessions are in boxes in the back room of my parents' basement. So in order to leave the house, I had to go find a coat. I had to go find sweaters, a sweatshirt, some boots, all of those things. So I didn't freeze the moment I stepped outside. So I went downstairs this morning. I found a ratchet and respectable hoodie, a a gold one, a precious gold one. I save one of every hoodie in my size. So if I can never find anything to wear, I can always find my own shit. So I found a ratchet and respectable hoodie. I found these Adidas tights that I have worn to death over the last five months. And I found some knee-high combat boots and a coat. And that's what I wore to go meet my friend for brunch. One of my friends from Ghana, she had to travel home. And home is is the DMV for her. But she had to travel home while I was in the Middle East. And I didn't get a chance to say goodbye to her in Ghana, which I was really, really sad about. But she hit me yesterday and was like, hey, I'm leaving tomorrow. Can we get together for breakfast? Which I knew when she asked was going to turn into brunch. She said, I'm staying at the Ritz in Pentagon City. Can you meet me at 10? And I was like, girl, I'm driving from PG County. You talking about driving at rush hour times to Pentagon City? I said, okay. There is something, I'm trying to figure out how to explain this. And stay with me here. I'm going to make this analogy, but I'm not comparing Ghana to a war zone. If you ever hear stories about people who served in the military, any one of the armed forces, but when you talk to people who served and they talk about the people that they served with, And very, very quickly, those people become elevated to family status. You'll go above and beyond for them. You'll do anything in the world for them. Like the same way you would for people you grew up with, blood family members, like on your mama's side type shit. People that you went to elementary school with that you've known all your life. You meet someone and you could be with them for a year or two or less. And very, very quickly, they become a priority person in your life. That's how I feel about some of the women and men that I became friends with when I was in Ghana, there is something to be said for being very, very far from home and finding people that take care of you, even in the smallest of ways. It doesn't have to be like I I came and rescued you or anything like that, but it could be just as simple as at my most vulnerable time, you were there for me and didn't fuck me over. And I will do almost anything for you as a, a thank you and appreciation for seeing me at my most vulnerable and not taking advantage of me, but also just for seeing me. There's something really, I'm not gonna cry, not yet, but there's something really meaningful about being being seen in general, but especially being very, very far from people who know you. In a previous episode, I talked about living in London when I was in undergrad and realizing one day that there was an ocean between me and the next person who really gave a fuck whether something happened to me. The privilege of being in Ghana, one, but also the privilege of being in Ghana and finding a sisterhood of women 
who gave a fuck if something happened to me is it didn't really hit me until my last literally my last night in Ghana I had a going away party and seven of my friends were able to come out and wish me well until we meet again not goodbye but see you later but I was thinking of of the ways that all of those different women have shown up and again no one came to rescue me from a burning building but people showed up Maybe two weeks, three weeks after I moved to Ghana, I had food poisoning and I was throwing up all night. And one of my friends had planned a lunch party for me and she'd invited a few other women in Ghana that would be good for me to meet. She wanted to make sure that, you know, like I had a circle and I was mixy and mingling and, and, you know, getting to know like the right people. I hit her up and I was like, I can't make it. Like, I'm sick as a dog. I've been throwing up all night. Like, I feel like crap. I'm so, so sorry. And I felt absolutely awful because she'd made lunch and, you know, she'd invited these people. Like, I felt so terrible. And instead of being like, I did all this for you and whatever, she said, do you want me to send ginger ale? Like, I was too sick. I didn't even have ginger ale. Like, I didn't have anything to settle my stomach. You know how black people are with ginger ale. Like, that's our go-to for everything. But she sent me ginger ale. And she's done countless other things. But I was like, I was really fucked up. Like, I was far from home, like, throwing up all night. And thinking, like, there's an ocean between me and the next person who cares. And really, she was walking distance. She was a 12-minute walk from my house. It's a three-minute drive. Which I know, cause, because she picked me up on multiple occasions. And we went to events together. And, and she really made sure that I got to know people in the city. There's another woman at the table who just like hit me up one day and was like, um, can we meet? But she was like, I had a blog and I write books and I'm working on a podcast and I'm not a serial killer. And can you are you open for brunch? And I looked at her page and I was like, holy shit, like we're the same person on two different continents. Yeah, we can meet. And then we did. And we just hit it off immediately. Like she just DM'd me out the blue and was not a serial killer. I'm still alive. Another friend, she's one of Davida's best friends, but I had to hit her up and I was like, where do I get my nails done? Where do I get my eyelashes done? Where do I get my brows done? Where do I get wax? Like I had to hit this girl up. Like the first week I was in Ghana, I was hitting her up like every other day trying to figure out my life. And she always responded. Simple shit. I would fight bears for, for any of the women at that table or not at the table. My ass is up early, sorting through boxes, trying to find a coat to go run downtown at 10 a.m and meet her for breakfast. And then we sat there for three and a half hours and talked about like everything and nothing. And I'm trying to convince her to stay. And I was like, don't go back. What are you going back for? You don't need to go back. <laughs> Meanwhile, I want her to pack me in her luggage and take me back with her. <sighs> so this episode probably would have been in earlier had I not gone to breakfast brunch to see my friend, but there was no way in hell that I was going to miss her before she went back to Ghana. The other part, because I actually had to leave brunch earlier than I thought I would, um, I was waiting on the Oscar noms to come out. I knew they were coming out today, and I was like, I can't put out a podcast the day that the Oscar nominations come out where I'm not talking about the Oscars. So it's like, I can't give you the full rundown, but I can talk about a couple things and point out a few misses. Like, the Woman King. Where is the Woman King? Like, nothing? Nothing for Viola? Nothing for the Woman King? Nothing at all? Really? That kind of sucks. But before we dive into the Oscars, I'm going to save that for a little later in the episode, or maybe not, because I want to talk about good black news. But it's not the only good black thing, so we're not going to let the Oscars totally dominate the podcast. We're going to talk about other good black things, including Idris and Savvy on the cover of, of Ebony magazine. I didn't read the article yet. I just would like to point this out, because once upon a time, I said something about Savvy that wasn't so nice. I talked about the outfit that she wore to Megan and Harry's wedding. I mean, it was an honest thought, but it wasn't necessarily something I needed to say and it wasn't necessarily something that needed to be said out loud. Sometimes it's just better to shut the fuck up and that was a moment where I should have that I didn't. 
it's okay to acknowledge when you fucked up. Um, Shannon Sharp, good for you. But Idris and Sabby on the cover of Ebony. Sabby got an Idris looking like that dude over there. And Idris looks amazing. He's still giving you the 10 that he always does. He he is delivering. Idris is, is maturing gracefully. He is he is a fine, fine wine. But Sabby? Sabby girl done came into herself. She looks amazing. If you have not seen the cover of Ebony, if I think about it when I'm posting the advertisement on my on my social for this podcast, I'll post the new cover of Ebony. Sis looks amazing. And if you see the cover that's a video, like her energy is amazing. Her face is amazing. Her dress is amazing. Like head to toe, she is looking like much to see. Very much to see. I'm so proud of her. I know she ain't got to be like, you know, George Clooney's wife. I know she didn't sign up for that. But I'm, I like that she's stepping into the role and giving us fashion. We talked about her, uh, her and, and Idris. I think they were in, was it Milan Fashion Week? I think it was Milan Fashion Week. And they showed up in like all Gucci. And Idris had on, we did talk about this, like turquoise Gucci. And then Sabby had on like a whole, like like a checkered Gucci or was it a striped Gucci? I think it was a striped Gucci. Like red and green stripes. Chevron. It very much could have given Christmas, but it gave excellence. Like she's been, she's been killing it lately. I'm like, is there a new stylist? Whoever it is, a raise, a raise for them. Like she's always been a gorgeous girl, but she just, you know, she was chilling. But I was like, now she is like stepped up. And I was like, okay, we see you beauty queen. I like Savvy. I feel bad that I was mean about her outfit that time. That wasn't a nice thing for me to do. Also, I think, you know what? I'm probably like warm on Sabby. Remember Idris got COVID and Sabby didn't have COVID. I mean, she was in like a whole nother place. And then she got on a plane and flew to him and she was like, oh no, we can't be apart now while you're sick. I must be with my man. And I was like, oh shit, this crazy nutty wife is ride or die. She gonna take care of our boy. So everybody who was upset, they're like, Idris, you got married. You like, you married her, not me. And he was giving him like some Vesta congratulations. You couldn't really be mad at Sabby when she found out she was down for whatever. And remember, Oprah tried to clown her a little bit. She was like, you ran to him when he has COVID. She was like, mm, I wouldn't do that for Stedman. <laughs> With all due respect. And I, I think Stedman's a lovely man. He ain't never done nothing wrong as far as I know. But I'm like, Stedman ain't no Idris, sis. Stedman ain't no Idris. You the meal ticket. <laughs> Not Stedman. I'm just, I'm just saying. Does that mean? I ain't mean to be mean. Oh, dear. Today's episode is brought to you by Angie. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good and then a bang in the night and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish 
or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Nia Long, Nia Long. I want to say it in like that Kanye voice. Remember the video, Touch the Sky, and, and Nia Long and Tracy Ellis Ross were in the video, and Kanye was like, Nia Long, Nia Long. Nia Long, that's how I feel about Nia Long. I love me some Nia Long. Nia Long has been out and about. She was seen on a red carpet canoodling. Is that the right word? With Omarion. And people were like, oh, is this a couple? Is this a thing? Like they were, they took a picture together, which was fine. You know, a man and a woman can take a picture without being in a relationship together. But after they took the photo, Nia was walking away and she grabbed Omarion by the hand and she gave him a pull. And I was like, oh, that was possessive. So I saw it on the shave room. Everybody was like, well, what's going on here? What is this about? And Nia Long, she slid into the comments and she said, I am single. Oh, okay, that's fine. So you and Omarion are not an item. That's fine. Y'all are not in a relationship. She said she was single. She didn't say nothing about a mingle. Not one word about a mingle. Just, I am single. That's fine. That's fine. I want Nia Long to live her best life. I want, she has been through a very tragic thing with a man that she was entangled with for very long, many years. But she is now free from that situation. She is looking fucking amazing. I'm not even mad at the Omarion bit of it. Like, he's a much younger man because Nia's in her early 50s. Is she 51? Is she 52? One of those. Omarion is grown as fuck. Omarion, we tend to think of him as a young boy because we've known him because we watched him grow up. Omarion is a full 38. He is not being taken advantage of against his will. If he is being taken advantage of, you saw the smile on his face when he was standing with Nia Long. He is a willing participant. He is willing to be taken advantage of. He's excited about any advantage that Nia Long may take of him. The folks are like, Omarion? Am I the only one that remembers the pictures of Omarion in his birthday suit? I can't remember when they leaked. If you do a quick Google search, because I did one just to check, and I was like, was that Omarion or was that his brother? I think his brother has some new videos or some photos as well. But Omarion definitely has some. I mean, you it's his face and his body and his, um, his, uh, what do you want to call it? His penis. His penis. I put, I put accent on it because it's, it's large. It's like, a, um, you know how you go to the 7-Eleven? You don't get the two liter of ginger ale. You get like the smaller ginger ale. Like you just need ginger ale for the car. You don't need ginger ale for like an illness. You just need like the, the, the medium sized ginger ale. That's what it looked like. Like it was, it was, it was, it was something to write home about. Dear mom, <coughs> you ain't going to believe what I saw. Nia Long and Omarion, like if you, like when you say it out loud, it doesn't make sense. When you see the picture of Omarion, you'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Nia, yeah, yeah, yeah. Enjoy that, sis. Enjoy that. I also saw pictures. Nia Long was out in Dubai with like everyone else to see this Beyonce concert. People keep hitting me up and they was like, oh, D, aren't you mad? You just missed Beyonce. You were in Dubai. I ain't had no ticket. I would have I would have been in Dubai like the person who was like during, listening to the sound check and was like, I can hear the sound check of Beyonce if I had been staying on that side of town because Atlantis, 
and she was performing at the, the new Atlantis, like the sexier Atlantis. Like, that's like way out. That's like, you gotta like get on a boat. I wouldn't have heard it. So I would have been there, but I still wouldn't have, you know, seen Beyonce. The concert looked, it looked amazing. Like she was giving you Vegas in Dubai. She had like, you know, MC Hammer number of dancers, which is fine. Um, I liked it. It was giving me a lot of Bollywood. I think that's the reference that it was making. Baby Blue, who is, you know, damn near as tall as her mother. And I was like, she's only 11? She's a tall kid. And I was like, wow, she looks much older. There was a clip where like Blue was getting ready to give it up. The spirit had jumped into Blue. Like she was about to go full Beyonce. Her mom had to tap her real quick. Like remind her, sweetheart, we in Dubai. You can't dance like that here. Like too much hip shaking. We're going to get arrested. We're not trying to get locked up abroad. No, 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 no. Bring it down. Bring it down to a seven, baby. Bring it down to a seven. Blue is the cutest. But Beyonce wasn't really doing a lot of dancing. And I was like, you know, the winded up in Dubai with like the hip shaking and all that. Like, I don't know how that goes over in a Muslim culture. I mean, Dubai is not really that strict. But I don't know if the kind of winding up and shaking and thrusting that Beyonce tends to do. I don't know how that would go over well. I also read that Beyonce had foot surgery. Um, I don't know how true that is. I can't find a, a credible site to confirm it. But everyone keeps talking about like, oh, she had foot surgery. And people are like, how could she have foot surgery? And she got paid 24 mil. Between 24 and 35, I've seen reports on credible sites that say both numbers. For 24 million American USD dollars in dineros? You could cut my foot off like Kunta. My ass would be on stage the next day hobbling around for that 24 million. I'm for sale. For 35 million? For 35 million, she could buy another foot. She, and she wasn't moving it around. She was standing there. 35 million you could perform for an hour shortly after you had foot surgery i'm just saying say you wouldn't do it when you would who li who's sitting in a car listening to this right now lying lying to themselves ain't nobody with you you just lying to yourself you would do that shit for 35 million you would that's not the point the point is nia long was in dubai there was some purple car was it a mclaren i don't know cars like that i could just look at something and be like oh that cost a lot of money that's sexy as shit it was like Wakanda purple. Terrence J, he made a big show in production of getting Nia Long out the car. Like he had to open the door and then he like extended his hand very graciously the way Michael Strahan does to me when I'm on Good Morning America. It's very Billy D. Williams with Diana Ross. Like, do you want my arm to fall off? I had champagne at breakfast. Don't judge me. But he reached out and he embraced her and she and she relied on him. It's not a wide arm. It's not a wide arm, but it must be sturdy. But he steadied me as she stepped out the car. She just laughed and giggled. And I was like, that'd be interesting too. We ain't seen no pictures of Terrence J without his clothes on, to my knowledge. You never know, because he's skinny. You know what they say about the skinny ones. He, he might fuck around and shock people. He's dated some really beautiful women over the years. There's something that he's attracting them with. It could be that. I'm just saying. I want Nia to date all of them. I want her to do the advanced Lori Harvey package. You still got it, sis. Run through all these men. Date these 30 and 40-something men and then date their daddies. I just want people to live their best lives. That's all I'm about. Just live your best life. Speaking of people living their best life, at least on TV or in film, rather, Tracy Oliver. Sundance is going on right now. All the Hollywood blacks are gathered at Sundance. Tracy Oliver, Girls Trip, Harlem. She was on a panel, I think, talking about Harlem. She's the creator, writer, executive producer. Tracy Oliver does all the fun things. She was at Sundance, I believe, talking about Harlem because it comes out within the next month or so. And she happened to drop a tidbit about Girls Trip 2, seeing as how she wrote Girls Trip 1. And she was like, yeah, Girls Trip 2 is definitely a go. And she was like, as a matter of fact, 
they're going to Ghana. And she's like, I don't know how Will Packer feels about that yet, but that's what I'm writing a script about. And I was like, oh, oh. Everyone and their mother hit me about Girls Trip being in Ghana as if I have anything to do with that. I'm, I'm excited. I love every time that Ghana gets a big shout out. I think it's an amazing, dope place. I think if you can go, you should. I love that so many people are interested in Ghana, but I have nothing to do with Tracy Oliver in this decision to bring Girls Trip to Ghana. Nothing to do. And I know Tracy. I have nothing to do with this stuff. The people are like, oh my God, are you going to be in Girls Trip? I, I'm not an actress. Y'all know that, right? I have nothing to do with this. I'm really excited about it, though. I saw that um, very specifically Tracy said the whole cast is coming back. So Regina Hall, obviously, Queen Latifah, obviously, Jada Pinkett Smith, obviously, and Tiffany Haddish. Girls Trip is, is what put Tiffany Haddish on the map. Like, it wasn't the first thing she'd ever done. It's the first thing that, that really clicked with audiences, and people were like, who the fuck is this? Oh, my God, she's hilarious. Now, since Girls Trip, Tiffany Haddish blew the fuck up, and then Tiffany Haddish blew the fuck up. There was a video that she and uh, Ari Spears, I believe, had used terrible judgment in the way that they depicted a young boy maybe it was five six seven he was a, a kid kid if you ever saw the the clip in question it was really really in poor judgment like it, it was really really bad judgment there was another clip i don't know if it was tmz i don't know somebody caught up with tiffany i guess it was tmz because i think it was in an airport or something tmz loves to roll up on people but they asked tiffany they said you know well, you know what has the effect been since um, since this video came out and since, you know, this woman is, is suing you and, you know, Tiffany was like, you know, I lost everything. Like everyone has dropped me. Like I, I have nothing. Like everything's gone. The lawsuit went away. I, I just assumed that it was settled out of court. But we haven't heard much from Tiffany Haddish, to my knowledge, since then, until this girl's trip announcement. I, I'll be honest with you. As someone who's aware of the story of what happened and then also saw the clip in question that, again, was in very, very, very poor taste and bad judgment. When I heard the whole cast was coming back, obviously, I thought of Tiffany Haddish, but I didn't have the, oh, she should she should be banned. She should be canceled. She shouldn't participate. It wasn't my reaction. I saw people talking about it online that Tiffany Haddish, like, I thought she was canceled. Like, are we accepting her again? I saw The Root did a piece that was basically like, no to Tiffany Haddish, like, like leave her canceled. It wasn't my knee jerk. I'm not necessarily rooting for her, but I'm not rooting against her. I'm kind of just whatever. I'm not offended by the idea of her being in the Girls Trip sequel. I'm not offended at the idea of her continuing to have a career. I don't know. I'm fine with people accepting her however they accept her. If you feel like, you know, like she should be canceled forever and I don't want to see Girls Trip because of it, I'm cool. But if you're also like, you know what, I'm I'm good with watching Girls Trip with Tiffany Haddish, which Tiffany made the movie. Like, and I love me some Queen Latifah and some Regina Hall. I'm okay on Jada. Jada's character was all right. But the other three characters, the ones that stood out more for me and particularly Tiffany Haddish's character. I don't think you can make a Girls Trip 2 without Tiffany Haddish. It just wouldn't be the same. And you can't replace her. She's a very specific brand of comedy. It just wouldn't, it just wouldn't work. Um, so if they're going to do a girl's trip too, then they absolutely should have Tiffany Haddish. And I'm not offended by her presence in the film. I'm not offended by seeing her on screen or working again. I understand for the folks who were just like, no, never again. Um, I get it. I'm just, that's just not how I feel. But I am excited about girl's trip too. I mean, they really could have placed it anywhere. I had considered the idea of them going to Ghana 
I don't know if I mentioned it to Will Packer when I interviewed him on the episode. I just assumed that Girls Trip 2 would be them going to homecoming at an HBCU. And I particularly assumed FAMU because Will Packer is like the face of FAMU. But Ghana for Afrochella or Afrofuture since they rebranded it. I'm with it. I do kind of want to hit up Tracy and be like, so do you need a consultant? I might try it. I just need to reach out to her and see if she wants to come on here and talk about Harlem. I mean, yeah, because I want to talk to Tracy, but also because I really, really like Harlem and I'm trying to get advanced episodes. Hi, friends at Amazon. Send me the advance. Thank you. What else do we have on this list? Oh, Antoine Fuqua. He's doing a film on Michael Jackson. I'm not mad at a biopic on Michael Jackson. There have been several. I'm not mad at it, though. I, I could receive it. I just need to see who's playing Michael because there have been some questionable Michael choices over the years. So let me see who's playing Michael. Let me see who's writing the script. And then we can have a conversation. I might have felt differently if I hadn't watched the Elvis biopic the other day. And I've watched it three times since the first time I watched it. And again, I've only been home since Friday. It was so good. It was so well done. It wasn't perfect. There are parts of the film, parts of Elvis's story that were left out, particularly, you know, him being 24, dating a 14-year-old. His alleged racism was never addressed. I would have liked to see that addressed head on. But I say all that to say it was a really well done film. It was a big budget film. Like you could see the money in it. And the, the lead actor was, he just got nominated for an Oscar, which very much deserving. Very much deserving. That white boy acted his ass off in that film. I'm actually really excited for him and rooting for him because he's not up against any black people as best male actor. So he can have my full support on this one. But I would love to see Michael Jackson get that level of biopic. And if Antoine Fuqua can deliver that, I would be very happy. I would be. He might be a trash ass husband, but he's a good director. I'll give him that. I'm just saying. Last but not least, we need to talk about these Oscar nominations. I'm pulling it up now. There were some surprises on this list. Paperboy? I mean, it wasn't nominated. He wasn't nominated for Paperboy. That's obviously TV, not film. But Paperboy, Brian Tyree Henry, best actor in a supporting role. He's a nominee. And I was like, AKA the cousin on the Memphis episode of This Is Us. He's in a movie called Causeway that I've never heard of, but now I'm going to have to go and watch. Without even seeing the role, I'm not surprised he got nominated. That he could be Paperboy and then also play the, the cousin on Memphis was, was a testament of his range to me. And I was like, oh, I'm sold. But I'm going to go find Causeway to watch it just to support the black man. Best actor in a leading role. We talked about Austin Butler. That's the actor from Elvis. That's what I'm rooting for right now. I am going to go watch Brendan Fraser. He's also nominated for best actor in a leading role. He's in The Whale. I keep hearing about The Whale. I want to see it. Everything, everywhere, all at once. I've read that it got, I want to say 11 nominations. I hadn't really paid any attention to it, but 11 Oscar nominations, like that raises my eyebrows. I guess I'm gonna have to go watch this now. I'm not mad at it. That's the Asian American film, yes? Best actress in a leading role, nobody black. Actress, Best actress in a supporting role, Angela Bassett for Black Panther. Now she won a Golden Globe and a Critics' Choice. So this is very good. And now she's nominated for an Oscar. Hopefully she gets the Oscar. Does Angela Bassett have an Oscar? I know she's been nominated for an Oscar, but does Angela Bassett have an Oscar? 
Because I would think if she would have one, it would be for What's Love Got to Do With It? And infamously, she doesn't have an Oscar for that. Look, I thought her role in Wakanda Forever was really, 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 really good. But I think this might be one of those cases where like, you know, with Denzel, he didn't get the Oscar for for Malcolm X. So they gave him the Oscar for Training Day. It's like, you know, you deserve an Oscar. We really fucked up on that. I don't want to take anything whatsoever away from Angela Bassett. I definitely want Angela Bassett to have an Oscar. What I am saying is her role in Wakanda Forever pales in comparison to her role in what's love got to do with it. I'm not saying she shouldn't get an Oscar. I'm saying she should. I'm saying in addition to she should have got an Oscar for what's love got to do with it. That's I just that's that's how I feel. Let's see. Best costume design. Ruth Carter for Black Panther. She's up against Catherine Martin. I'm not familiar with Catherine Martin, but Catherine Martin, she did the costume design for Elvis. That's going to be hard for Cousin Ruth because those costumes in Elvis, you know, you know, Elvis used to have like those like the leather jumpsuit or the all white jumpsuit with the high collar, like some real like Liberace type shit. There was capes involved. It was a lot of bedazzling and such. The costumes were good in Elvis. That's going to give Ruth Carter some challenge. I'm rooting for Ruth. I'm rooting for Ruth. Directing, nobody black. Documentary feature film, nobody black. Documentary short film, to my knowledge, nobody black. Reading the last names, nobody black. There's other stuff, international feature, makeup and hairstyling. There's a nod for Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Camille Friend and Joel Harlow, makeup and hairstyling. Now, I don't know if they're black, but their film is black, so now I'm rooting for them. Music original score. No, 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 that's not the one with Rihanna. Music original song. That's the one with Rihanna. Lift Me Up. Music by Tim, Rihanna, and Ryan Coogler. And Ludwig Goranson. I know I butchered that. I'm sorry, Ludwig. And then the lyrics are by Tim's and Ryan Coogler. So I'm rooting for them. Best Picture. Avatar, The Way of the Water is on here. I still haven't seen Avatar. Is it still in theaters? Because I really want to go to a theater. I told y'all about Ghana and the theater that they don't have buttered popcorn. They have sugar popcorn and then like extra salty popcorn, but no butter. And I was like, what do you mean they don't have butter? Like, no, that's like an American thing. But I want to go to the movies and like in a in a leather recliner specifically and with a gigantic tub of popcorn that I will not share with anyone and like a gigantic diabetes sized Coke, cherry Coke. And I want to have my American movie experience. It's on my bucket list of things to do while I'm here. Also on this list, Elvis. I told y'all Elvis was good. Everything, everywhere, all at once. That's the one that got the 11 nods. Top Gun Maverick is on this list. I saw Top Gun Maverick. That's the one with Jay Ellis, right? It was, it was a fine film. It was a fine film. It's not like Oscar worthy. Elvis, I understand how we got in here. Avatar, like, they spent so much fucking money on that film without even seeing it. I understand. Top Gun Maverick, I saw that shit. It was, it was, it was a fine film. You know, it's not on this list. The Woman King. Like, it's not on any list. Viola Davis ain't nominated for shit. The Woman King ain't nominated for shit. Not costume design, not hair and makeup. Like, nothing about The Woman King is nominated, which I was like, how? How? My friend wrote this piece. I don't think it's public on Facebook, so I can't quote it, but I'll, I'll share the idea. I won't be able to attribute it to him, but I just want to be clear, like, this is not my my thought. This is his. I'd like to take credit for it if I could, but I cannot. Um, but he pointed out, he was like, you know, the Oscars are not very black this year. He was like, this is probably like the whitest that the Oscars have been in a very long time. And he was like, you know why? You know why? 
It's like it's because of your boy, Will Smith, and the slap. He was like, the Oscars would have been fine. Like, okay, that's sure. Like, let's invite the blacks. Like, sure, the blacks can come. Let's look more blacks than usual. That's fine. We're cool with the blacks. Everybody likes the blacks. The blacks are welcome. But then the blacks came, and and two of the blacks. Actually, you can't even say two of the blacks. It was one of the blacks. Chris Rock didn't do it. Chris Rock got slapped. He didn't slap. But one of the blacks didn't behave so well. And now I feel like the white people are like, see, see, this is why we don't go to their cookout. And this is why they don't come to our cookout. Like we invited them to the cookout. And then, you know, this incident happened. We're not going to have a whole bunch of blacks at the cookout no more. And I was like, mm, it's a theory. If the woman king had been nominated, I would have had less to say. My friend was very adamant. He was like, nope, didn't get nominated for anything. And I was like, do we see the saying nope? It was a fine film enough. I couldn't get to the end. Like, I just, it went left and I just, I couldn't, it couldn't keep me. But I was like, nope, nominated for an Oscar? He was really adamant about it. And I was like, friend, friend. No. Let's see what else is on here. Anything else of, of interest? No. Production design, not of interest. Short film, not of interest. Sound, sorry. Visual effects. Oh, there's something for Black Panther for visual effects. I'll root for them. That's fine. Oh, but Avatar is on this list. They're going to go with Avatar. Writing adapted screenplay. Top Gun again. I'm like, really? It didn't do anything for me. I'm like, do I need to watch it again? I guess. I suppose. If you must. All right. That's the episode for this week. We'll be back. Oh, not this week. For today. I'm thinking it's Friday. I was sitting at lunch with my friend. (laughs) And we did a toast. The toast was, we toast on. And she was like, shit, what day is it? And I was like, is it? I don't know. And she was like, Tuesday. It's Tuesday. Because your podcast. And I was like, oh, yes. One of the downsides of not having a nine to five. Only I just only know that there are days when the podcast is due. Like my body has an internal clock. Like you must do the podcast. But I don't really know sometimes whether that's Tuesdays or Fridays. It just, it all blurs together. Some people will be like, that's a good life. Some people will be like, do you need a therapist? All right. That's probably not everything. But that's what I'm giving today. I'll be back on Friday with whatever we missed. All right. Talk soon. Bye.